Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! Pot number two on the day for me, really, as I'm sitting here uh, with Erica Riffner, getting a chance to just chat a little bit about some more elementary uh, hillside personalized learning. Um, just to start off our podcast today, I guess, uh, if you want to give just a little introduction, tell people uh, about who you are and your role in district and just kind of your time in education as a little context for us, that'd be great. All right, perfect. Um, yeah, my name is Erica, like you said, and I've been actually teaching third grade for about 15 years. Um, and then I just recently moved up to fourth grade. So this is my second year in fourth grade, but I've been at Hillside my entire career and uh, actually went here as a student. So it's my home. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Was that sort of intentional? Whenever you're like you know, looking for places where you're like, I want to go back to... Yes, I targeted. Um, my, uh, my fourth grade teacher was actually retiring. And so she, I don't know if she talked to the principal too at the time, but she was glad to hand me over the classroom so yeah I I love this place that's so cool (laughs) so you're you're saying your fourth grade teacher the person that my fourth grade teacher I'm in my classroom that I was in when I was a fourth grader yeah that's crazy (laughs) I went back to the high school that I graduated from as an English teacher right high school English teacher and talk with my English teacher the year that she was retiring and she gave me her copy of To Kill a Mockingbird with all of her annotations and I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world that's like I was great. so I was nerding out about that no that's really okay because I mean I have a lot of my stuff in the classroom that I, that she gave to she donated she she checked with me and she was like what do you want what do you not want and so it isn't it just like gold it, it is, like, this it, is, is it, it is it is can't throw this out <laughs> no we're big hoarders <laughs> teachers are hoarders <laughs> oh good so that's great that's really cool so we're going to get a chance today to talk a little bit about personalized learning, and I know that you've had an opportunity to implement that across a myriad of subjects, which is what I think is just awesome and I'm really interested in. And so what's kind of, give us your backstory in personalized learning, right? Cohorts and all that good stuff. Um, well, yeah, I was in that first round, so mm-hmm. um, it was really new to me. You know, it was hard to um, not mix it up with like multiple intelligence, you know, and t- stuff like that. You know, it's kind of all mushed together, but um, I think a lot of times, you know, when I was first doing it, I think math is a really good, easy one to start with. So if people are out there starting it, I think math is really easy and they can listen to your other podcasts to get great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, oh, thanks. Cause that's, yeah. that's something I'm excited for the pod today for those listening. And we can just kind of say that is that, uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear, yeah, where this grew for you and kind of implementing it across these different subject areas because yeah, you've had the opportunity cause we're in cohort one at the yes. same time. And yeah. so now we're here four years later you know, it evolves over time. Right. So it went from math for you to... Yeah, and, you know, going up to um, when we took our road trip up to... Uh, <laughs> God, help me with the name. Where was that we again? We went to Pewaukee. Pewaukee. Yeah, yes, there you go. Uh, Pewaukee. Near Milwaukee. <laughs> that was a crazy trip. Like, it nine was. hours there. Oh, my God. We get in super late, <laughs> sleep. Like, you know, it's, it was like 10 o'clock, I feel like, when we got there. Yeah, we got there um, at night and then... Went, went to school the next day and then just left straight after school. Yeah, and just it was nine crazy. hours back. But it was Insane. helpful. It was nice to see that because it was um, confirming that we do a lot here at, at Westside, that we are kind of ahead of the times, and especially with our technology piece, you know, that really helps a lot of personalizing. But I think what I took from that was a lot of goal setting that, you know, I saw and I noticed that the kids were familiar with all the way down to like first graders when we peeked in their room. They had their little post notes with their goals on it and they knew what they were working for and it was really neat to see them in action and see a school that was doing it, you know, school wide and 
So that's, you know, I took from there and then um, I was figuring like math is a good one, you know, because you can pretest, you can really mm -hmm. zone in on what skill they need, you know, what goal could they have. Sure. And it's really um, measurable and objective too yes. because, you know, after X number of problems, if you have this where um, something like theme, you know, I just throw it in the high school context, it's a little bit more like, eh, okay, maybe you sort of got it, kind of, yes. maybe not as quantifiable. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what's so neat about math, that you can zero in on a skill that they need. Yeah, and then, I mean, reading, reading's pretty easy with our skills, you know, you can definitely see if a kid has a skill or not, you know, at the beginning of your unit. Like how? Like, what does that look like, I guess? Um, you, you know, well, I mean, you're reading with kids, you can definitely be asking them, you know, in your guided reading groups, you know, because that's already personalized to their level that you're reading up books for them and then you know you can be asking questions on um, those guided questions that you have for each skill I mean like right now we're venturing into text features I mean it's just simply asking the kids you know hey can you point to a text feature show me what text features what is that what is the purpose or how is that helping you you can kind of get that idea if they even know the name of that text feature or if they're even able to be pointing at one to identify right. it um, you can kind of get those ideas where you can zero in on what works for them and then for the kids that do know those skills, you can be showing them ones that maybe they're not familiar with and then transferring it over to the writing. You know, So that's actually how we're assessing it and stuff is how much they're putting into the writing. Yeah. So I do a pretest in writing too, so that way I can see what, what features are they're including in a nonfiction piece and they might not be including any. So it's kind of nice to be able to base it off of that as well. So I think that those are two areas, reading and writing, that it seems a little... I don't think the choice necessarily is a problem, but just the personalization of the, and, and the facilitating that choice mm -hmm. maybe uh, has been something that people have had questions about. And I know that we do have some pieces that are fairly prescribed uh, mm -hmm. for us here in, the, right. in, in district. And so what we try to promote, and we've talked with administrators and coaches about this, is kind of merging our, our two worlds together and, and certainly valuing all those other prescribed pieces and finding ways to incorporate that into each individual teachers personalized model that, that suits their students best so where have you kind of been I guess whether you want to talk reading or writing and, and have you found that to be true um, and what does it look like I guess for you trying to be innovative within a space yeah yeah you know um I, I I can see what you're talking about so um like with reading um it's it's hard with our curriculum app you know you want to use the resources that we have and everything you know like the the journeys books and stories like that I tend to probably personalize a little bit more when it comes to like the guided reading aspect because I think it's a lot easier. I always do an interest inventory at the beginning, like what books are you guys interested in? So that way I can be picking out books that they're going to be, you know, so that way they do have a little bit of voice and choice, you know. And I'll just add, what are a couple more things you'd say on that entrance in inventory? I mean, is it just like uh, sports and they would say... Yeah. I ask them like things like questions like what genres you're they're interested in you know and stuff so that way I can but yeah it was as specific as if you are interested in sports and stuff like because it was a conversation it wasn't really a worksheet I was doing okay, it yeah. I, it was strictly me asking questions you know what kind of books are you interested in because if I gave them a worksheet you know that's just kind of closed in a mm -hmm. way you know you can't probe them but it was I pulled the groups back I asked them you know we had a discussion because that way they can hear each other's ideas um, because there was a lot of times where they're like oh yeah I like that kind of book and it kind of helped out where I was like perfect that means um, and then I would ask the question of any others are you guys interested in would that be something that you'd be okay with and then I would mark it down on my you know on my note for that group so it was more of an interview kind of like what yeah. we're doing right now is conversation you know because sometimes they get stuck so I was I would probe you know are you mm -hmm. interested I would know books off the back of my head you know and I'd be like 
are you interested in this kind of book? Um, I had even some on display, you know, were you interested in this kind? And so that way they are able to have visual, have ideas, and then have each other to bounce off of their ideas on their interests. Oh, that's so, great. Because yeah. like you said, whether you're stuck or just maybe even limited, you know, in your perspective from, from that, that brainstorming thing has to be collaborative and has to have like some outside suggestions in it. So it sounds like that's a great way to facilitate right. that conversation. And so then from there, you were able to just amass selections for them to pick according to those interests. Yes, yes. And so then what I do from that is, you know, then I go obviously scour our book, book cabinet, you know, and see what books match their interests. And then, books on frauds, books yes, on frauds, books I on frauds. Know. <laughs> you know, um, or then contacting all these teachers, you know, because sometimes they're not in the book room. So then mm-hmm. I'll have a copy and then I'll be like looking at, you know, our library, public library, asking, you know, throwing out an email on, you know, on our um, district and saying, you know, anybody have this book? Trying to find that book ahead of time. So, and then other times I've brought a couple books to the table and be like, hey, you know, now let's vote which one do you want to read first, you know, and stuff like that. And so then I can have that voice and choice too. I mean, it's worked nicely. I have one boy that went and his mom went and bought the whole series because he fell in love with the book that I introduced. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you're doing. You're finding what's yeah. interested, you know, interesting to them. And then they go and they want the whole series. You know, I have another group that is killing me to want to read the rest of the series as in the group. I'm like, guys, I'd like to expose you to other books, you know, like, but (laughs) they're, I mean, they're loving it because they have that voice and choice and they're liking that they picked it. And it was me listening to what they want, you know, in that guided Mm -hmm. reading group. So, um, it really is sometimes a little bit of work, but you know, I mean, it'd be great. It'd be easy if I could just walk down to the book cabinet, pick whatever book I want to do, but you know, then you have a lot of kids that are just like, oh, you know, I have to get through the book and I have to talk about what, I, you know, you want mm-hmm. to talk about. So, I mean, it makes it more fun. I'm going to ask, because I, I have a limited familiarity with the app Epic. Yes. Is that something that still has text available for students at fourth grade? Because my daughter, so she's in first grade and she loves cats. Mm-hmm. She's fanatic about cats. Yes. <laughs> and we'll get on there and you can search cats mm-hmm. and it brings up all these different cat books with the, at different levels and something that will read to you and she has this one book now that is just a bunch of cats dressed in Halloween costumes oh, that's great. and she just thinks it is the most amazing book ever yes. and she wants to get on Epic and will go through and, and is learning you know to kind of read through that even and yes um, I've actually used Epic at my back at my back table for guided reading groups um they have wonderful books and the kids are very interested in those um they even have like big Nate type books which are graphic novels um they have chapter books they have audiobooks I have a lot of kids doing that during their independent time. I did have to get into the teacher mode and try to um, limit the videos because right. there are video elements mm-hmm. to that. So, like, I had I disabled that because I didn't want my kids just sitting there watching videos sure. instead of actually reading text. Um, but, no, I absolutely – that is one of our things that I use at the back table. Um, it has wonderful nonfiction books, more access than what we have in our library here. So I tend to use it a little bit more when I'm doing those nonfiction pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now with the whole text features, they're awesome resources in Epic. And, um, and the kids easily find their Navigate topics. that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And to be able to select something that they're interested in. You know, we all bring it back. Hey, this is what we're going to work on. What nonfiction book do we want to load on? It's as simple as that. I don't even have to sometimes plan ahead of time because I know my skill, you know, yeah. and teachers can normally do a pretty good job as you're going right there with, you know, the skill that you're working on. So um, it's pretty easy for them to come back, pick a book that they want to be doing during that unit, and, and everybody has resource. it. Right. Yeah, and you have it right there on your iPad. You don't have to go into a book cabinet trying to find that. So, awesome. And I yeah. bring that up because I think, you know, as you were talking earlier, there will be teachers who say, well, 
gosh, it is overwhelming to think that I'm going to try to cater to the interests of all these different students and where am I going to find these books and I don't have access. And I think programs like Epic throw out that hurdle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way I want to say that. So uh, I, I really like that those things exist. And that's one of the ways in which I think technology allows for personalization to happen in a way that would not have been possible or as easy to facilitate right. uh, in previous generations. Uh, so I like that yeah. piece. Yeah. So then uh, from there, let's cross over to writing. How have you been able to personalize the writing process um, for your students? Right. Um, well, obviously we go with our curriculum map. We have units. And mm-hmm. so um, at the beginning of each of our unit, I normally do a pretest. So I just kind of say, hey, we just got done with our personal narrative. So I'm like, okay, everybody's going to write a narrative. And then I normally let them honestly pick whatever topic they want, you know, cause as long as it's about themselves, you know. So I don't, I don't try to condense it to tell me about a moment that you're sad you know or anything like that I kind of keep it open and I'm like I just want to see their narrative elements to see what are they incorporating you know all that piece from there I'm able to obviously put them into my little groups you know of what skills I need them working on what pieces like what like um for example like during narrative you know elements did they paragraph you know is it organized um you know Maybe I might have a group really focusing on their leads, writing a good lead or an ending, or I think the entire class can always have editing help, sure. you know, but, you know, more specifically the other lessons of, you know, um, transition words. Are they beginning the sentences the same way and stuff like that? I look at all of those elements because in our curriculum, in our Hoyt curriculum, those are the lessons that we teach. And so that way I have my post-it notes on my lesson pages. And so I have it who... I noticed during the pretest needs those skills. So from there, I like to always pull the class together at the very beginning. We look at our examples, you know, so that kids have an idea after I pretest. We look at our examples of what are, you know, what's a good model. Um, we have kids' samples now, which are so helpful, that have been written by previous year students. So we look at those, we create our list of what makes a good narrative. And then we compare, you know, did the kids include those elements? And then we write one together as a class. So I have them up there. This is just all at the beginning. This is my front loading of our of our unit. And at the beginning of the year, we always have like fire drills. So I try to pick a narrative that we've all experienced. And fire <laughs> okay. drills is a fabulous one because yeah. it's exciting. You get nervous. You're practicing. You're doing all that stuff. So the kids can all relate to it. We all experienced it. So we write that together. And we talk about the elements, you know, of everything, you know, that was on the list of what makes the good features of a personal narrative. Um, and then after that, I daringly don't do large group lessons. So after that, that is my end of large group. From there on, I am personalizing it. So it's now all of a sudden we go off, we write our pre-writing sheet, you know, I've already, we did one as a class, you know, so then they're all on they're pre-writing, and then I start to pull up groups as they're drafting. As they're drafting, I pull up the groups and I talk about what elements they need to mm-hmm. be doing it. So that way, each day, each group, I'm meeting with them. And I'm moving them through all of the lessons still, but I'm moving them through at their pace because I have some kids that can write a draft in 30 minutes, and they sure. are really actually pretty good. They're just fast writers, they're good writers, they get it, and so, I'm not going to slow down the process sometimes for them because they're fast and they get it. So I'm moving at their pace. I already know them. They're on my list, what I want to work with them for. So they're all on my post notes, what I can, how I can stretch them to be a writer and stuff like that because I've already looked at their pre-writing. And now with our model that we did as a class, I can always reflect back to that. Hey, remember when we wrote this as a class? Remember how we stretched these, you know, stronger words or mm-hmm. um, imagery or whatever, you know, that's 
always the, the areas that they can yeah. improve on. So, and then I take the other kids a little bit slower, you know, through the process. And we talk about, you know, that lead or writing complete sentences and stuff like that. So that way I'm not teaching a lesson about an ending and conclusion. When I have kids that are still back at drafting, you know, sometimes they're like, if I did a large group lesson like that, it's in and out there, you know, they're Absolutely. like, I've forgotten what you just taught us two, three days ago about conclusions because I'm now just getting to it, you know, so it's nice that I'm taking it at their speed so that way it's relevant to them that day that they're writing it, so. And that's, uh, having taught English at the high school, I, I mean, what you're saying at fourth grade resonates with what I was experiencing even with ninth grade, uh, is that we were... And we'd set out, hey, this is when we're going to cover, you know, intro and conclusion and all these mm -hmm. pieces for, a, a, you know, larger work. And the kids weren't ready for it all the time. And so what we ended up doing was just creating smaller groups within mm -hmm. the space. So if you were to be researching, for example, and we we're going to start that process all together. And as people move to the place where they want to annotate that research, then that would be an entirely different group. And so I'd spend five minutes, like, going back over what we taught already to the mm -hmm. people that were still at the research phase, but would give five minutes then to the annotation group. And then that group would eventually, some of those would, you know, yes. get to the place where they're ready to start writing. And so then I would then have three five-minute lessons that I would give yeah. uh, and still try to answer questions and support, like, during that time. Uh, and then on the revision piece, there came the opportunity. Because students, like you said, all need different things. And Thank so, you. and I can't... I, I couldn't just answer all the questions, and I didn't have enough time, even though Google is great with docs, to be able to go and get feedback. So I created about a dozen different videos and said, you know, through, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. it's a great process, right? Let me see your earlier examples and go, okay, you need video one, four, and seven, where the person next to you needs six, three, and 12. And I want you to look at these and get a basic understanding of that one thing that you need to revise at a time, and let's get better at that. And if you have questions, we can chat. And so that was a way to sort of facilitate those personalized conversations. Yes, I um, need to start incorporating because I already do those little little five minute. You know, you're bouncing from the group. You know, oh next group. You know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I think that's great to add that little element because I do Google Classroom is a fabulous source. Oh, you know, for elementary, and that would be a great way to have that on there that they would utilize those yeah. videos because I found myself just saying the same thing yeah. all like yeah. 80 million times Redundant. I would just go yeah. like yeah this same three-minute conversation is happening wait a minute so I can just make yeah. this a three-minute like piece yes and just go watch the video watch the video and then we can have the extended chats if need be but some for some of them that was all they needed yes uh, was just sort of that clarification or a little bit more support because they were finally ready for that yes yeah um, so I'm hearing that and what you're doing that sounds yeah. awesome yeah that sounds really yeah cool. So a lot, of, a lot of people question then, you know, it's like, um, so if I'm meeting with these groups and then that kid's ready for another lesson, what are they doing in the meantime, you know? So my answer is always to the kids that are in my classroom, if you're ready to conference or you're waiting for me, you know, you can, A, you can pop next door. You always have a partner that they can look at it, see if they can give you a feedback. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they can just free write for that moment. They enjoy free writing so much. Give them a break away from that project for a moment. Sometimes a break away is a great time to come back and you reread and then you notice mistakes you made or things you can do better. So that's just cool. in that meantime of waiting for me, then they can work on that piece too. So that's always a, you know, because you try to have them say, oh, go back and check your mistakes. They don't see them, you know, at mm -hmm. least at fourth grade and under it's. They think their uh, papers the are perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we that, all are. I, I don't know. even say that about high schoolers. <laughs> I know that I don't always catch my mistakes either unless I'm patient yeah. and take a little time away from it. So I love the yeah. idea of intentionally building in, like, hey, just go do something else for just a second. Yeah, still Another writing. writing piece, still, you yeah. know, free writing. They love it. You know, that creative piece of writing that they don't normally necessarily get to do in school. So. Cool.
Cool. Yeah. Well, I know you've also incorporated this into science, and so maybe we'll have to double back at some point to chat about that. But I think to just kind of close um, the conversation, I want to ask basically if you, I don't want to phrase this, I guess. This was a question that I kind of came in really curious about. Since you've implemented this in math and writing and reading and science, um, what are some things that you learn just sort of universally about the implementation of personalized learning as a um, process by which you might attack that in those like in any discipline does that mm-hmm. make sense I think yeah. sometimes you kind of un- I would imagine start to see some commonalities mm-hmm. in just your your process and right. so what what might be the way to start that or your or some description more about your approach well I, I mean like I said though when I went to Wisconsin like the big thing I took from that was goal setting so like how am I going to like give these kids their goals of what they need to work on during their units because that to me is focus on personalizing because every kid sometimes has different goals even if it's the chapter you know the the unit you know question or whatever that might be their goal you know it could be as easy as that so I start there with how am I going to set goals how am I going to set my groups or how am I going to do that um and then from there how am, I give, how am I going to give them a voice and choice? You know, what's, what's next? You know, because like in writing, you know, personal, personal narrative, they can choose whatever they want to write about because it's their life. But then in, um, right now we're in inform, so it's like, how am I going to give them voice and choice? Well, and how am I going to still be, make it organized and yet manageable? So I handpicked six topics, and then they get to pick from those six topics what they liked. So that was, again structured but yet voice and choice you know and stuff and yet again they're writing a pre-writing so i can know their skills you know setting those goals having that knowing those goals how i'm going to implement that and then that voice and choice is a good one and then i sometimes think like the final piece i like to always think like how are they going to show it to me how do they know it Mm -hmm. you know so in writing it's nice because i give them a lot of choices they want to do paper they want to do technology they want to do keynote they want to do a poster it doesn't bother me that I give, give them a lot. Some teachers might be like, they might freak out. That's right. too much, you know. So they might like, here's your choice, or here's two choices that the kids might pick from, and that's fine. That might be, you know, a different teacher. I'm a little loose, and I'm like, go at it. Just don't ask me for help because they they're so good at figuring it out on their own. It's amazing yeah. what they can do. It's amazing what their friend can show them. They don't need me, you know, all the time to to be able to figure it out, mm-hmm. and they do. So it's it's okay sometimes to step back and let them go with it. It's up to the teacher's comfort, you know, on that. So I always think, like I said, I always think the beginning, goal setting, pre, pre-test type thing. Then I think of pers- um, voice and choice, and then I think that end piece, and that's kind of how I go with my personalized. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes even, like, how I want to teach it. You know, do I want to do videos with it? Um, I love Google Classroom, like I said. Sometimes I put on there all their choices, and I let the kids go in there. You can watch a video to learn those topics. You can read this book that I've had supplied for you. You can, I don't know what other choices I can pick right now, but I have other choices that they can pick from that they can learn the topic from. So it's nice to have that too. That's always there too, like Mm -hmm. how I want to do it to make it uh, best practice. And I would think that there's probably so many things. We're going to set some goals. We're going to like provide as many voice, like, choice options as possible so that they can utilize we in our training we talk about that the choice is the car and the voice is the driver yeah. right and so mm-hmm. like that voice then will start to steer yeah. some of those things and then there is sort of this like 
place where I think for people starting off, it's scary because they don't know how to facilitate that. Yes. Like, like there's cars driving everywhere, everywhere and how do I make sure that we all end up at the same location? Yes. Um, so I think that people have to kind of start small and try, but then there comes a point where I'm sure you're at this place too, where you just sort of start to understand what that looks like mm-hmm. and how you facilitate those choices into and get them all to the parking lot yes. <laughs> at the end that you're talking about, which is that that product maybe yeah. um, that really allows you to, to confidently go, I know whether you got this or you didn't get right. this. There, you, you have to venture into those those spaces. Right. Uh, I think it, it does, it looks different for every subject. I, and I think also you need to know your students because I think it's different every year. You know, So mm-hmm. like my last year group compared to this year group, I'm not able to do the right. things that I was able to do last year because this group is completely different and they need a lot more structure versus mm-hmm. last year we're a lot more independent and they could do. So I think another part of that personalized learning is, is knowing your students and knowing what is going to work for them. So sure. because that's going to make or break a classroom too. So uh, And trying to build in opportunities for students then to grow through that agency piece as well. Like uh, there was a, there've been some conversations that I've had where people are like, wait, and you're not saying this, but people say, oh, you don't know my students. They would never be able to yeah. handle this. And I, wow, isn't that the reason we should? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the bigger concern for me, that, like, whether or not they know what date Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean yeah. blue. <laughs> like, is it, can they function in a way that when learning is something that they're trying to uh, just experience and go through and get better yeah. at, that they, that they can navigate that? And, um, and that's not for everybody. So there's some students that are a problem and, and can really you know, throw things a little right. bit out of whack, whether yeah. it's in traditional, uh, you know, or in a personalized learning unit, it's, there's no magic bullet in education, but right. uh, I think trying to, to push students uh, to get better in that, and that's why I'm excited about yes. my job, I guess, yeah. moral of the story, yeah. is yeah. we try to systemically scale this up so that uh, every year, hopefully, um, wow. it, yeah, it starts to rise yeah. in, in with all that, so, uh, any final thoughts, am I good? No, I love okay. it. I just, yeah. I think everybody should do it. <laughs> like, honestly, because the kids, I think, enjoy it so much more. Um, it just makes, it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. It does. I totally agree. It does. It really does. So. Just rewarding to see it's them exciting. grow. exciting. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, like, because when I first started, I think um, my co-teachers were drowning in my positivity and energy. <laughs> I was just so like, oh man, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And they were like, whoa. Because <laughs> it it's just so exciting, mm-hmm. um, like I said. So, I mean, it's scary, but it's new and it's different and, you know, from old traditional. So, sure. Yeah. So, but awesome. everybody can do it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your yeah, time today. It's been you. great getting the chance to yes, chat. And um, I have to follow up sometime and talk science. I mean, whenever we oh, get yes, a chance to do it too, as that kind yeah. of comes along. So. Yeah. Uh, So thanks. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.